We talked about this, Cracker Jacks. Uh, you, you remember Cracker Jacks? You had a box lately? I don't know how long it's been since I've had one. And when Phil went out this week, we're going to have one for everybody as you leave. Because we want you to remember that um, Sundays can be a surprise. That uh, Phil went out looking for him, and one of the first places he went was a grocery store down the road. And this young man was working there, and he said, how can I help you? And, and Phil said, uh, I'm looking for the Cracker Jacks. And he said, for the what? <laughs> it seems like maybe a generation has lost out on these good things. I, I don't know how long it's been since I've had this. I guess the only thing different from taking it now as I would have many years ago is now it will stick to my dental work. Right? So I have to watch out for that. But just like Mary George said, you know, a surprise on Sunday. Because you dare to think that as we begin this new sermon series about Sunday's can. A surprise on Sunday. You know, when we think about uh, our life with Christ and life in church and relationship with God, we can think probably about one of the biggest days of a surprise was Easter Sunday and the resurrection of Jesus. See, that was a wonderful surprise, wasn't it? And then when Pentecost came and the Holy Spirit was outpoured, that was an empowering, nice surprise. Then we look at the early church that we find pictured in the book of Acts. And we see that that was a time where all kinds of surprising things took place in the life of that church. And so it leads me to ask this question. I, I wonder if we maybe somehow sense or don't sense the presence of God in our worship. When we come to worship, are we really prepared to worship God on Sundays? Do we come with an expectant attitude that we believe that God is going to show up and he's going to do something surprising today. Will we be surprised perhaps by the stirring of the Holy Spirit in our life today? Will you be encouraged in your walk of faith and inspired to live and minister as that early church did? And will we be surprised by seeing the life of that early church experienced here at Spring Valley? Well, I think we need to admit the honest truth. And that is, most of the times we show up here just expecting the ordinary, don't we? You know, we're going to come in and find our seat. Sometimes it's the usual seat. Hopefully nobody else is sitting in it or around it or near it. Um, and we just expect the normal thing. We're going to have a good music, a soloist, choir special, a sermon, and sing a hymn. And then we either go from Bible study or go home. Hope you go to Bible study. Reminds me of the little boy who had to stay home during the, during the Easter season because he was sick and stayed home with his mom. His dad went to church, and he came home with palm branches. And his little boy said, where'd you get the palm branches? And he said, got them at church today. It's Palm Sunday. And we remember that when Jesus came and entered into the city, they waved palm branches for him. And the little boy says, well, that, that's my luck, isn't it? The one Sunday I miss, and Jesus shows up. You know, there are some times that I ask God to do something in our time of worship that would surprise me. We got a video of a guy, of a pastor. I don't think he asked for this, but he had a big surprise. I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Woo!
25 years and that's the first. I think he got more than he uh, ever expected by way of surprise. Now, for those of you who haven't been baptized yet, especially the younger generation, don't pull that on me, okay? <laughs> don't pull that on me. Remember, I have the power to take you under and I can hold you under as long as I need to, okay? Now, sometimes Sundays uh, can be a uh, place for wonderful surprises at church. We've got another short video. I think you'll be warmed in your heart by this one. After a year-long deployment in Iraq, Sergeant Lawrence Lee is about to make a grand entrance at his church and surprise his kids who have no idea he's home. All right, here we go. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Glory, glory, hallelujah. series of messages, you notice on the front of your bulletin, called Sundays Can. And today we can talk about the fact that Sundays can surprise you. I want you to remember that God intended for Sunday to be the best day of your week. That might be a surprise to some of you. That might be a surprise that you get today. Uh, but the question would come then, well, how can that happen? Well, to say that Sundays can surprise you, another way to say that is coming to church with the right attitude might end up in your being surprised. And why do I say it that way? Well, because I think in this diverse congregation that we have, family of faith here at Spring Valley, whether you're in this service or the 11 o'clock service, you know, we come from a variety of backgrounds and a lot of different experiences about Sunday and about life in the church. Some had no upbringing in the life of the church. Some of you... Um, you had, you had to spend time between parents on weekends, and one went to church maybe and one didn't. And then maybe you had to go to a church. For you, it was boring, and, and it was not anything that you enjoyed doing. Or maybe your family was kind of large, and you had Sunday morning as a priority, but nobody got ready on Saturday night, and Sunday morning was a battle for everybody to get dressed, get in the bathroom, you get in the car, everybody's still fussing and fighting at each other. And then all of a sudden, you make that miraculous turn into the parking lot, and you're converted from an angry crowd into a smiling bunch of people ready to come in and worship God. Some of you know what I'm talking about. I was so glad when I got to the point where I didn't have to wait for my wife and four children for to come to church that I could come to the early service. And, and I was in a much better frame of mind. Then there would be times that I could look out in the parking lot and when our four children were home and all driving, we'd be out here in four or five different cars, everybody coming on his or her own. But I got good news for you today. And the good news is God never intended for Sunday to be a chaotic, hectic day for you. God made Sundays for you for a special reason. Jesus said in Mark 2.27, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. I think, as I look at our, our society and culture today, 
that we live in a world where the pace of life is absolutely killing us. And I want to make some suggestions today as to how we can have a solution to that. You know, it feels like uh, always we have too much to do. And we can't fit it in in seven days. And God says that Sunday, though, is an antidote for that. It seems like we're always feeling pressured and anxious. But God made Sundays to take care of that. Seems like we rarely have time for the really important things, and God thinks that Sundays can help take care of that. There's never enough time for family time and quiet time for us to be together and just talk as a family, and God has designed Sundays to help us with that. I want us to look at our scripture today at Psalm 122, and you can open, either open your Bible or find the Pew Bible. Maybe you've got an app on your phone, or you want to simply follow along on the screen. But reading from the NIV translation, this is what David says in Psalm 122 about his attitude about going to the house of the Lord. David said, I rejoiced with those who said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. I think we probably know it better in other translations that say, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Then he says, our feet are standing in your gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem is built like a city that is closely compacted together. That is where the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, to praise the name of the Lord according to the statute given to Israel. There the thrones for judgment stand, the thrones of the house of David. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May those who love you be secure. May there be peace within your walls and security within your citadels. For the sake of my brothers and friends, I will say, peace be within you. For the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek prosperity. And when we read these words of Scripture in Psalm 122, uh, we, we are coming to a portion of the Psalms that are known as, as um, the Psalms of Ascent. And that carried over from Psalm 120 to 137. And these were the Psalms that expressed the great desire and the heartfelt joy of the people of Israel as they would make their way to Jerusalem and to the temple to worship God. And they would sing these songs of ascent and talking about what they really were looking forward to experiencing as they came to the city and to the temple to worship God. And you look at this psalm, David says some things about that that are very important. He says, I rejoice with those who said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. You know, he didn't say, oh, it's time again to go back to the temple. But he was glad to go to there. You look at verse 4 and he says, that's where the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord to praise the name of the Lord according to the statue given to Israel. So he's describing what the people are called to do and they're doing it. And he talks about tribes of people, a lot of people, his people, his tribe, and other tribes. And he says, according to the statue given to Israel. In other words, it's what, what God told them to do. And they wanted to be obedient to that. Then he talks in verse 5 about standing before the thrones of judgment and the thrones of the house of David. And then he says in verse 6, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May those who love you be secure. You will not visit Israel, the Holy Land, without hearing people there ask you to pray for the peace of Jerusalem, out of Psalm 122.6. And the reason for that is, is that they want to experience that peace. And when they asked this as they went forward to the temple in this Psalm of Ascent, that they wanted to experience a certain sense of peace within them and their city as they went into the presence of God. 
It's like David was saying, God, I want this for you and for your sake, as well as for my people, as he seeks prosperity. Now, I want us to take a closer look at this psalm. And no matter whether you read it here in the, in the NIV or whether you learned it in another translation and it rings more familiar with it, I like that too. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. David gives us six good reasons for going to church. Now very quickly we'll look at them. First, he wanted to go to church because he liked being with God's people. That's, that's one of the things that I look forward to about Sundays. For the most part, we're scattered all during the week. We have some people here on Wednesday night for various activities and groups. I can't be in every place and go around and see them. I try to make my way around to different places when I don't have other responsibilities. But one of the great joys I have is being here on Sunday and seeing the vast majority of the people in the life of our church. David did because he liked being with God's people. He said, that's where my tribe goes. I like being with God's people here at Spring Valley. If you remember this church, you should have that same attitude as well. The second reason he gives us in verse 4 is he said he wanted to honor God. I want to go to church to praise the name of the Lord. You say, that's why we should be here is to praise the name of the Lord. And then he goes on to say, thirdly, he wanted to go to church because he wanted to do what was expected of him. He said he wanted to go to church because of the statues given to Israel. They told, God told them to be there. That was a part of their statues given to them. And fourth in verse 6, he wanted to be there to experience peace and security in the house of God. You know, he wanted peace for those who love God. He wanted good things for God's people. He wanted to experience that peace and serenity of a worship experience in the presence of God Almighty. And the fifth reason he gives to us in verse 8, he wanted peace because God's people were his family and friends. He wanted prosperity for them because, he said, for the sake of my family and friends. And then, and the sixth reason he gives is in verse 9, and that is he made it a decision to be there. He committed himself to prosperity of the house of God. I think those are six pretty good reasons, very theologically sound, when we look at those and consider why we should be involved in the life of the church and why we should be here on Sundays to worship the Lord. Well, we have an even better reason to gather together and worship God. If we've been redeemed by the Lord Jesus Christ, then we know that we're part of the church that Christ came to establish and that he died to establish the church and that he died for our salvation and that we who come to know Christ are the bride of Christ. And we have all the more reason to gather and worship. Now, since the resurrection of Jesus Christ, uh, we worship on Sunday, the first day of the week. We'll talk just a little bit about that more as we go about talking about Sundays and the Sabbath. But I, I think when we look back over our culture and think about those days, hear about them, or if we have a chance to remember them, there was a time long ago that almost every activity ceased on Sunday. And life centered around the church and life centered around family. And I think those people had a great sense of peace. Now, if you grew up in a large city, in a large city church, maybe, maybe it wasn't the same. But I grew up down in the south in a small town and a fairly small church. But that was, that was something special about Sundays. Usually the, the, the hymn that registered the most in my mind is what I sang or, or carried a tune about all the rest of the week as I went through my week. 
That was something significant and important about that. You know, and it was something about a quiet, restful afternoon to spend time maybe with family or maybe with friends or maybe just relaxing at home. You know, I think that the, the pace of life today is taking and sapping the energy of life right out of us. And one of the reasons is because we aren't taking the Sabbath, for us it's Sunday, to rest and to refuel and to refocus on what really matters in life. And I think that's significant. And that doesn't mean you take Sunday to stay home. I, I hear a lot of people say that. Miss your Sunday. Well, we'd been so busy all week long, and Saturday was a nightmare. We had games all day long, and then we had this, and then we had that. We just need to stay at home on Sunday and catch up. So that's a life that's out of character. That's a life that doesn't have priorities made correctly. And it all too accurately describes life in our society today from all the things that we do on the Sabbath instead of being here to worship God. What's the importance of the Sabbath? Well, we trace it back to the very book of, beginning of the Bible in the book of Genesis. In Genesis chapter 2, verses 2 through 3 says, By the seventh day God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. God rested. On that seventh day. Do you think it's because he was tired? No. He's the omnipotent God. He doesn't get tired nor weary. Scripture tells us that. But he knew that we would. And so he gave us that day and he set the example for us by observing the Sabbath. And when God gave the Ten Commandments to Moses, the fourth commandment was remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. And we need to remember that because, boy, that has changed over the years, hasn't it? Now, let me give you just a little word of warning. If you flash back to nostalgia and you think about those days when everything shut down, stores weren't open, we didn't have malls, they weren't open, you know, nothing else was going on. It's totally different today, isn't it? If we were to really see that take place in our culture today, most of us would experience culture shock for the very reason that we have become used to the convenience of having stores and restaurants open on Sunday, right? We're used to that. I catch myself having to run into the grocery store on the way home, pick up something. Oftentimes I still got my name tag and sometimes I've worn the microphone set in. You know, they look at me kind of strange when I do that. And, of course, we want people to be on their jobs in the medical profession and in hospitals and clinics. But, you know, because of the lifestyle of our culture today, it's come down to where you can stay at home on Sunday and you can get a service repair job coming to your house. You can get cable installed in your house on Sunday, and people's jobs have revolved around all of that. If you read the devotions in open windows, which we provide for you on, on a regular basis, our Southern Baptist morning devotion guide, you read today about the Sabbath and, and why God made it holy and made it special. And we're going to talk about that all through this series a little bit more next week. Now, I want to give you seven reasons why you should invest in a weekly Sabbath. And you'll say, seven's a lot. Yeah, but it's also that biblical number of perfection. 
and I'll go through them quickly. Seven good reasons why you should invest, all of us should invest in the Sabbath. Number one is because we need it. That's why God established the Sabbath. We need it. We need that time to rest and refocus and refuel. He wants to increase our joy and and an abundance of life, and we have to do that in his presence. The second reason that's good to, to Sabbath is because God asks us to do that. He expects that of us. He gives us that in the fourth commandment, to keep the Sabbath holy. That means a lot of different things for a lot of different people. Some people will do most in everything on Sunday. Some people will do a few things on Sunday. Some people won't do anything on Sunday. You know, I hear a lot of people say, we couldn't go to movies or we couldn't play cards on Sunday. I said, well, that didn't affect me. I lived in town. We didn't have a movie theater, and I was the only child, so there wasn't anybody to play cards with. Well, you think about some of the things that, that we think make the Sabbath holy. I, for some reason, I've, just ne- I've never been one who would do yard work. Even if I'm on vacation, I have played golf because to me that's kind of a relaxation and refocusing. I'll never forget a day many, many years ago. I was in high school. My mother was on the pulpit committee. You know what that means? They were looking for a pastor at their heart. She was on the search committee for a pastor. She went off with a committee to hear somebody preach. I went off, cut church, and went fishing with a friend. I was so guilty all that day. Not just concerned about the fact that my mom was going to find out and I was going to be in trouble, but I just felt guilty about the fact, hey, this is Sunday morning. I've never gone fishing before, and I've never done it since. But you have to decide what makes the Sabbath holy. Here's a third reason we need to invest in the Sabbath, and that's because God blessed the Sabbath. I don't know exactly what that means. We'll try to unpackage it, but I think the bottom line simply means that God made it a special day. It certainly was a special day on the first day of the week when he brought Jesus back from the dead. And when we cooperate with what God blesses, then we get blessed, right? Here's the fourth reason. Life goes better when we Sabbath. See, so many of us think we can get ahead and get ahead of Monday particularly if we work on this seventh day. But that's not what God intended for us. Now, if you were involved in any way in the same grace project that we had and feeding children everywhere, and we partnered with Chick-fil-A and Little Pigs, you you could notice something about Chick-fil-A that it was different. Different in the, basically, I mean, there was a big difference in the clientele from there and a lot of other other restaurants. Difference in the way that that people were treated who come in. No wonder Chick-fil-A is rated number one in customer satisfaction. But the most outstanding attraction for me is nobody makes more money per site than Chick-fil-A, and they're only open six days a week, not seven. Right? You ever driven to Chick-fil-A on Sunday and say, oh, I forgot, they're closed. I drove through the other day uh, to get a a salad, have a healthy lunch, get a salad, and um, there it was on the sign, closed Sundays. You don't see that in very many places, do you? Now, here's some other statistics about Sunday that maybe might strike a a resonant chord with you about these things. Secular sociologists have studied the benefits of attending church. Now, you've got to remember that these are some general findings, and they might not apply to every situation. But they have discovered that those who regularly attend church 
live seven and a half years longer than those who don't. They are 56% more likely to have an optimistic outlook on life. They're 27% less likely to be depressed. They have higher average levels of commitment to family life. And students achieve higher grades and practice better time management. Now, you might not experience all of those things, but that's some reasons, I think, to, to be a part of the life of the church. Because I think it helps you slow down, refuel, and refocus. Now, here's the fifth reason that we should invest in Sabbath, and that's because Mondays go better when we Sabbath. So many people just dread Mondays, that blue Monday attitude, getting up and going to work on Mondays. And most of it is because Sunday is a wild, hectic day. You haven't rested. You haven't refocused. You haven't refueled. So as we go through this five-week series together about what Sundays can do, there are really two things I want us to sense from God's perspective. One is how to have a great week. And the other is how to have a great life. Next week's message, we're going to talk about Sundays can make better Mondays. And that's, that's important to get your work week started off on the right foot. The sixth reason that, that we need a Sunday is because family life does better when we Sabbath. Now, how does that work? I think it works because families who are in church together experience biblical teaching and they have that information, they have that chance to refuel and refocus, and they're better able to take biblical teaching and standards and practices into their life and model it in the family. Then the seventh reason for Sabbathing is this. Our eternity will go better when we Sabbath. So how does, how does that happen? Well, one of the things that we're going to do in eternity is we're going to worship God. And we're going to sing his praises. And we need all the practice here that we can get. And we need to be familiar with going into the presence of God on a regular basis. And, and worship prepares us for that as we gather on a regular basis on Sunday, the Lord's Day. Now, here comes to the application for you, really. Three steps to take to have better Sundays, okay? Real quickly, number one. Decide to let Sunday be the best day of your week. See, at the end of, of Psalm 122, David committed to the prosperity of his community. And, and it goes simply like this. You make that decision, decision to honor the Sabbath, and God will make a difference in your life. Decide to make a commitment to it. Decide to start being regular more than once a year or once a month, which now has been determined in our culture today as regular attendance. Gone are the days that it used to be that we came every time the doors were open, Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. Everybody's too busy. Average attendance today says that regular attenders used to attend three times a month. Now it's once a month. That's a reflection of our culture and our society. That's not talking about non-Christians. That's talking about Christians, believers who are members of churches. So make a commitment. Decide to let Sunday be the best day of your week. The second is to invest 
and your Sundays. Now, church is no different than anything else, whether it's a health club, a country club, bridge club, garden club, men's group, women's group, whatever it is. You're only going to get as much out of it as you put into it. The Bible says where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So you need to start investing your heart here in the house of God. And then third is take the next step that you need to take in your life, whatever it might be. Years ago, uh, a church sociologist named Wynne Ard, and he had a lot of church growth material out, did a, a study of satisfied church members. And he discovered that they have six things in common. So we have a lot of dissatisfied church people today. I'm not just talking about here, and not maybe necessarily it's not so true here. But it's like an epidemic in our culture today. But for those who were happy, contented, loved the church, here are six things that they all had in common. Number one, they attended regularly. Not just once a month, not just once a year, but they attended on a regular pattern. Number two, they had a place where they served somewhere in the church. Number three, they developed at least six friendships with other members of the church. You know, David said, I like going to church to be with the people of God. Number four, they called the church my church. Number five, they gave consistently to the church. You're only going to get out as much as you put in. You've got to make an investment. And then number six, they invited others to church. I don't think that those six reasons that people were happy in church are surprising at all, do you? They attended regularly. They had a place where they served in the life of the church. They developed at least six friendships with other members of the church. They called the church my church. They gave consistently to the church. And they invited others to church. I won't ask you about the other five, but when's the last time you invited somebody to come with you to church? Why don't you come with me Sunday to my church at Spring Valley Baptist? You just might be surprised. When we talk about Sunday's can, Sunday's can surprise you. You might be surprised today at this message about the fact that Sundays can surprise you. And the fact that God made the Sabbath for you and and. And that he wants you to keep it holy. And it's the day in which you need to stop and refuel and refresh as you rest. So here's a challenge to you then. Make a commitment for your members of Spring Valley for these weeks together. So that we can learn what Sundays can do and bring about in our life. And then maybe there's a step you need to take. Another step. A step of faith. To make this your church home. To make it your church. By joining on profession of faith in Christ as your Savior and being baptized or coming on transfer of letter or by statement from another church.
I believe if you, if you really take the Sabbath seriously, which is Sunday for us because of the resurrection of Christ, then you will find that Sundays can surprise you. Father, we thank you that you have created the Sabbath for us. Our struggle is to keep it holy as you call us to do. And I pray as we go through these weeks together looking at life in the church, uh, that your presence would be here in everything that we do, in the music and the, and, and the reading of your word and the preaching of your word and the fellowship that we share together so that we would experience more of the life of the church the way you intended for us to do. I ask now, Lord, that you would lead and guide in this time of decision that whether public decisions are made to acknowledge you, that there would be inward decisions made in the hearts and lives of so many of your people this morning to make a commitment or a stronger, a deeper commitment to the life of this church at Spring Valley. And I pray that through Jesus, our Lord.